Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Hope you're well. Good Monday, everybody. Man, I don't know how I didn't see this earlier, but I'm saddened that uh, Hall, Brees Hall, suffered a torn ACL. Did you see that? He's been so good. I, I was actually a little 4 p.m. window nap yesterday, got mm-hmm. up, and my wife, who has him in fantasy, said he was carted off and it doesn't look good. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, a lot of fun to watch, and the Jets team has been a pretty cool story. That's an aside. I just read that during the break. Sorry, that's not the lead to start hour two, but it is a, a sad note for those of you that, A, like the Jets, B, have him in fantasy football. That's very ESPN of you yeah. in the old days. Lead with the Jets at the top of the hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm not leading with the Jets. I just... At ESPN Greeny for more. Yeah, I just got done reading the report and realized... Damn it, man. I like that kid. He's a lot of fun to watch. Always looks like he's shot out of a cannon. I will tell you what I was looking at during the break before the start of this hour was how far Miami has fallen in SP Plus rankings. They're 59th. Louisiana, by the way, is 61st. You group those two teams together. We were kind of talking a little bit last hour about tough games that remain. It's interesting. Florida State and Florida and NC State and Syracuse, those teams, our team mixed in with those. All relatively, according to SB Plus, the same team. And I think that's fair. Because of our red zone failures, yes. Yeah. I, I think between the 20s, well, we've been really good. But I, I would think that what it points out is, is what you're pointing out, which is that initially you might have a defensive reaction to that and say, well, wait a minute now, and then you go, no, we're really bad in the red zone, and we failed in situations miserably. If you're a Florida fan, you're like, well, I mean, we that Utah game did happen, and you would name some other moments, and then you'd be like, yeah, but our defense can't stop anybody. You see their third down rate? Opponents are completing over 52% yeah. Yeah, it's, successfully it's, on third down. is 130th in the country. Only Colorado is worse. Yeah, they can't stop anybody to the point. That's unbelievable. Well, it's really 52%? It's shocking. And then I think you would look offensively uh, at a team like Syracuse, and you'd be like, no, man. They're 61st, according to SP Plus in offense, and it's that sounds about right, maybe somewhere in the 60s or 70s. Not real good. The offense is better. Schrader is a much better thrower year over year, and they get credit for that, but they kind of forgot that Sean Tucker could have been a Heisman candidate if they decided to feature him. Well, Very strange. I, I also just think that um, 
they, they they're not dynamic enough. They ha- that player is the dynamic player they have, but they really don't have anybody else that's dynamic, and so they don't scare you. They don't line up and scare you. Now you better be able to stop the run. But it's incredible what they do with their defensive line, even though in the graphic was up there 85 times on Saturday. But they're averaging around 260 pounds up front, and yet they still make you earn it. It's well, impressive, buddy. We ought to line up and have some success. Oh, by the way, they also run the three-three-five. So look, well, you saw it. That. You saw it against NC State, and you found a way for a half certainly to run against it. So again, you've got the opportunity. You've already had the warm-up. This is all stuff and teams that a don't overwhelm or things you've seen. This is why that five-game stretch sets up nicely for Florida State if they're healthy at all, and so. You know, that's why I kept crossing my fingers. Survive through this. I would have liked to have been 5-2. and two. You let one get away. Should have been 5-2, and two, but you're not. Okay, so you're not. Fine. Put it in the rear view. Let's go. You've got five games. Can you get healthy? Do you get guys back? Is Winston Wright going to play this season at all? I don't know the answer to that. Maybe. If he does, that's infusing more life into the offense. Even if you have to slowly work him in onto the depth chart out of the slot, that's an added guy with real talent. He's a seasoned player who's done a lot in the Power Five. Even if he's slow to come along, those are still better reps than your backup guys you have out there now. So if I said to you, through seven games and with this five-game stretch ahead of us, what is our offensive identity? I still think they're always going to be, this team with Jordan is going to be a run team. That really hasn't been... The, the resume for the first seven games, right? I mean, we saw what they did against Clemson, but and that's ran, really impressive. But they but ran the ball well against LSU. They ran the ball. I mean, yes, he also made throws. We did everything right on offense against LSU. That was a great game plan. Mm-hmm. It was. You had problems, though, running the football. NC State had problems against In Wake the Forest. Half. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I'm, all I'm saying is, what is the thing that you hang your hat on? We, we know what we think they're going to do for the next five, but it, after Duquesne and after LSU, the thought was, oh, wow. So they can run the football, and Jordan also can make these dynamic throws down the field. This well, is a multiple attack that's a headache. They haven't produced on that level. And so I'm wondering, do you simplify and do you say it's going the run-pass splits are going to go heavy to the run? Or do you still play it straight at the line of scrimmage and count and take a look at what Jordan uh, has favorable matchups for? Like, what are we about? And I, I hope the answer is physicality and, and running the football because, again, against some of these fronts, it shouldn't matter if they have seven or eight in the box. We're proving that we're more physical than these opponents we're about to face. Well, and if they have eight in the box, you do have enough talent at wide receivers, certainly, to exploit that matchup. And Jordan's got to do that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and some of it can be Jordan's legs as well. But that's what yes. I'm saying. Is it Are we a, an RPO team, a read option team, or a running team? You know, And, and those things are all parts of our offense. Mm-hmm. Are we going to continue to be multiple for the next five games? I'm just hoping that there's a little bit more of get you some because we're showing signs of life. Yeah, and I like that style of football anyhow, and I think it takes a lot of pressure off your quarterback who I think can be a very good quarterback when you run that offense, but I think if the offense is him and it has to be him, then he's not nearly as effective. I mean, he has limitations. Jordan always had. Is he worlds better than he was? Without question. Can he be a plus player for you and, and a reason why? Uh, you win some football games, yeah, but he can't be the reason. He can be a reason. And and there may be games, like I thought the Clemson game, he was going to have to win. He was going to have to be special. And there were moments where you thought maybe he was going to be. Um, they got it. yeah, sometimes you're going to have to just say to him, look, this is one of those games. 
this this sets up for you to be able to make plays with your legs. We're going to have to change the math. You've got to be the reason. The other thing I'd say just about him and his development is this offense is is about looking before the snap where the matchup is going to be. It generates one-on-one matchups for the iconic brand that is Florida State, right? That was the pitch. I wonder if, and I think this probably has to be the lesson moving forward, okay, man, it's great that you've got a matchup that you like in this situation, but it's fourth and two. So first things first. You know, I wonder if there's some back and forth there about this offense might generate a good one-on-one, but that's not what we need here, given that we're, we're in a situation where we're going in to, to beat NC State on mm-hmm, the road. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go for it all here to the end zone. doesn't matter. Decision-making is important. I, I mean, I, I think obviously they're going to have to have had a conversation with him because the times they've trusted him to make the right decision in those situations, he hasn't, simply hasn't. And so then that falls back on Mike at some point, right? I mean, that was Correct. Ira's point to me was – uh, you got to make sure your quarterback understands. This is where it's hard for all of us. I don't know what was said on the sideline. I don't know what he said to Jordan. He may have told him, hey, man, we need the first down here. I don't have to spell it out for you. We need the first down here. You got to throw in the flat. Take the first down. Let's go. We don't need a touchdown here. But he may not have. And if he didn't, I hope he's learned his lesson. Well, yeah, this is a basic question, and I don't know that they'll ever answer it. But is this a progression offense, or is it your progression changes based upon what you see before the snap? You know what I mean? Like, you've got five options that are drawn up. Ooh, this is where I should go with the football. That's one. Or is it, here's the play, here's one through five, no matter what happens, no matter yeah. how they line up, you, you look th- here, well, you look there. Well, it depends on how much they trust him, right? How right. much they give to him. How they much might have the to trust less yeah. in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Say, Feely's the one. It's fourth and two. If you got problems there. you got there, two options here. Yeah. If he's not open, take off and get the two yards. Right. Because <laughs> clearly he thought that it was all about Johnny on that play. Like, that. These little things might rear their head that could over have the been, next five. And that could have been, and again, without being in the film room, without knowing what he's taught to do there, what the progressions are in that situation, I it's I am reticent to, to criticize. I don't know if they say to him, look, you've got one read here on this play. It's fourth down. I don't care what the play normally allows for. You, here is your right. situation. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that. Look, and, yeah, yeah. and I'm not trying to point blame at one or the other. Either. Right, either right. Co- I'm saying that it can't happen for whatever reason. Whoever it is who decided to go rogue or didn't communicate or anything in between, mm-hmm. it just can't happen because there are going to be moments in these next five games where either you're not playing as well as you thought, the defense is letting you down, you put the ball on the ground a couple of times offensively, and so it's closer than you think. And here comes that play. It could be in the second quarter. It could be in the fourth quarter. But we all know one of those plays when they arrive, you go, oh, man, this is big. This third and six is huge. We haven't had the ball for more than three plays in four consecutive possessions. we got to start getting some first downs. Do you know what you need to do in that moment? And is that line of communication where it needs to be? Well, having a bye week and the results to fall back on and ample evidence on film All of those questions should have been answered by now as we embark on the five-game stretch that's going to define Mike Norvell's tenure at Florida State. I mean, this is dotting the I's and crossing the T's, I'm sure, has occurred. And I've got a good feeling about what's going to happen in these five games. I really do. But it does make you a little nervous because they loom large. They're big. The results matter. And what you get worried about, is that you lost out on the margin for error when you choked away a 17-3 to lead against NC State. At that point, you'd have a little greater margin for error. Then you'd only have to go 3-2 and two in these five and 
goodness gracious, three of them are against Georgia Tech, Louisiana. you got to find one win out of the others. You, you ought to be able to do that. But because you lost that game, you really you got to be buttoned up and play really well and execute for all five in the hopes of winning at least four, certainly. And it just it makes you worry a little bit. But I, I, I think if they're healthy and they're getting better, they're training in the right direction, I don't think there's any doubt about that, just to what degree. And this is where results come into play. I'm going to keep repeating it. I hate that, that this is where we're at. I don't like things to be – because most of the time things aren't that simple. You know, people like to make things black and white, but most of the time they are in the gray area. And so I understand how that works. There's nuance to all these discussions. Certainly there's even nuance to the discussion about how important these five games are. If Jordan Travis got knocked out uh, in the in the first quarter of the Georgia Tech game, it would change the way we viewed the remaining games on the schedule and what was possible. Now, it doesn't mean you would expect them to, you know, go in the tank, but it would certainly change the percentages around how many you could win. So I, I get all that. And that's only if his luck stays the same with injuries. If it stays exactly the same, then there will be something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, knock on wood, I'm not trying to speak anything into being. I'm just talking about things happen in the course of a season, in the course of a game that changes the outlook about any given uh, outcome. I, I understand that. But I, I do think that uh, I believe they're trending in the right direction health-wise. And they did just come off the bye. They are in a position. They get a nice game here off the bye. This is a nice way to ease into the stretch. No disrespect to Georgia Tech, who was playing harder since they fired their coach, playing a little bit better prior to that Virginia game, which was hideous. Uh, but Florida State is at a different place. The programs are in two separate spots right now. One is in shambles and having to take a good hard look at what they're going to do next because they got financial difficulties. Uh, they're losing culture up in Atlanta right now. They really have nothing they can hang their hat on. There is nothing bright about what's happening at Georgia Tech. The opposite is true at Florida State right now. Most people, are at the very least, would... Uh, would commit to the fact that the 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 culture here has been flipped uh, at the very least, right? And that there is a very positive feel day in and day out around the Florida State athletic program and around the football program. And Georgia Tech's playing here off of a loss to Virginia, looking for a coach. Florida State looking to cement their place amongst the ACC's elite and take a big step forward. It just it all adds up to a real good way to ease into these five games, in my estimation. But this is why we're not always in agreement at the beginning of a week or beginning of a show about how we feel. But I was glad to hear when we opened today that you're saying it's go time because that's how I feel. Oh, this I'm, is, I, I'm so excited to watch this. I got game. impatient during the bye week. I yeah. never get impatient yep. during the bye week. I love bye weeks. When you work in the industry, you do. <laughs> I'm not. This is rhetorical. But when you work in the industry, you you live for bye weeks because you work every weekend. So, you know, we have a Friday happy hour show. We have a pregame show. We have a postgame show. We have an in-game show. We've got a Sunday Night Smash. We've got a – I do shows for other uh, on-three entities on during the week. You need a buy. You love a buy. But the fan in me, the Noel in me, came out yesterday. I was like, I'm ready to get it on. Let's go. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. I'm ready for this. Partly probably because I've begun to wash my hands of this dumpster fire in Tampa. But I, I was ready to roll – on this stretch of five games, in particular this game, I'm ready to. I'm excited about a noon game. I'm excited about Georgia Tech coming to town. I'm excited to see my friends and family. I'm excited to do that happy hour at Corner Pocket and the pregame show and all that stuff. I'm. I want to get with the getting, get back in the wind call. We've lost three straight. It, it's bothering me to have to sit on, let that marinate. These three straight losses are pissing me off. I'm ready to get back to winning. 
I want to see what our mentality is like. How do we attack this team? How do we play? Um, you know, attention to detail, focus, the red zone stuff, all of it. All the things that we've questioned and wondered about and certainly talked about needing to improve, you get your first chance in a couple weeks to do it right here this Saturday, finally. Yeah, what fired me up is talking to a lot of Knowles this weekend, just, you know, being around town, watching games in certain spots or, you know, going out to dinner and, and seeing some people. You can hear the undertones of concern that if we don't go four and one or we don't, you know, win the five games, <clears throat> where are we then? And do we really know that this is the guy that can take us where we need to go? Like all of those questions from timid fans who have been beaten down the last five years, there's there are little trace bits of evidence with people that are they got well rounded expectations. Yeah, They're yeah. not crazy sycophantic yeah. knolls or or you know, the sky is falling chicken little guys either. You just hear there are seeds of doubt. And I would love for everybody involved that those seeds of doubt don't ever germinate. We don't go anywhere with them. <laughs> well done. That's what the next five games are about. But there, it's on people's minds. You know, is this going to be the guy, or are we going to have to do this all over again? There's a little bit of trepidation, and I think losing three in a row going into the bye week that's, fosters that a little that's bit more. What it, well, there's no doubt it does. It, it, when you lose three straight games. I don't care who you are. If Nick Saban lost three straight games, you'd hear some Alabama fans going, I don't know about this guy. I mean, it was, you lose three straight games at any point. It's enough to make you question an awful lot of things. I mean, with the bye week, that's a month of losing. Yeah, it's you like, haven't won in a month. Jesus, you know. So it's it's tough. Expectations are a very real thing, but they're not something to run from or be ashamed of. I mean, I think you you're comparing and contrasting the talent he has to work with right now that he's largely responsible for having brought in, and that's uh, a good thing and, and something that we can discuss separate from the expectation of a game. But when you look at the teams that they're playing, Florida State's every bit as good as every one of the teams that remain on the schedule, if not better uh, than the majority. So go win games. That's not unfair. Go win games. He He has said it. Oh, he doesn't run from it. That's that's one of the refreshing things. I want to see this guy succeed for a lot of reasons. But, you know, not the least of which is he never runs from criticism and he knows what the expectations are. Yeah. He doesn't act well, like he's a victim he says, like yeah. a lot of coaches do when they lose a few games in a row. Right. Oh, well, y'all y'all don't realize how bad it was around here yeah. a couple years ago. I mean, we're we're moving in the right direction. There's none of that. No. There's no woe is me. No, but I love a coach that understands Go that win. It is a very cut and dry deal in this business. It just is. It was really good to talk to Link last week. Uh, I loved my interview with him, not because of me, but because of him. And I just love how refreshing it was to hear him talk about a really buttoned-up plan and the way they're going to go about it. And it was a lot of fun. But there was no, like, he gets it. you got to come in here and, and win games, and it's what you want to do, and you expect those expectations to be very, very high at a place like this. Well, yeah, so does Mike. Yeah, he gets it. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Might end up being a fun conversation. Uh, by the way, Ira Chappelle set to join us here in a few minutes. Warchant.com. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the proper time frame is anymore, just because we've seen so many different examples where some guys come in right away and they're very good, and then other guys fail miserably at a stop and then get an opportunity. I mean, look, look, look what's going on in Seattle right now. Uh, they may end up winning that division, and partly because of their quarterback, which what in the world? But 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 here you go. The Eight quarterbacks that were taken in the first three rounds of the 2021 draft are as follows. There's a reason I'm bringing this up very briefly. Trevor Lawrence, I'd say you got to give him an extra year because of what happened with Urban Meyer, I guess. But he certainly doesn't look good. Just saying that, too. Doesn't look good at all. Zach Wilson with the Jets. Hmm. They don't ask him to throw much when the game's on the line. Trey Lance, has he ever played? Have we ever seen him in anything? Is he ever going to play? Destin Hill? Uh, Justin Fields? Ooh, that's, that's a toughie. Doesn't look like that's trending in the right direction. Just saying. A lot of problems in Chicago. He's the one I blame the least. My I'm God. just saying, man. Doesn't, that doesn't look good. Mac Jones is hurt. A lot of the luster that was initially on him has kind of begun to wane. He can't beat out old Zippy. So we'll see if uh, what happens there. I just hope Zippy has a 20-year career so we can call him old Zippy for 20 years. He's playing well. Kyle Dra- Trask, we're not sure he exists. Doesn't dress out. We don't really know if he's around. I don't know. I think he's practiced a lot with the Buccaneers' first team <laughs> these last three months. Like a lot. Uh, Kellen Mon is he out of the league? Can't play. I think he's out of the league. Yeah, can't play. I mean, this this class, folks. Davis Mills is the best we have out of that class, and he was taken 67th. And he's – here's why I brought it up. Matt Ryan got benched today. Separated shoulder, but yes. Well, did they say it's separated for sure? Mm-hmm. They've definitely made a change. Sam Ellinger's going to start. Yep, old Texas. Well, right, and he came after that group that I just named. So, and that was the same one where Felipe Franks and others were drafted. I mean, I don't, you know, but that Sam Ellinger may end up emerging as uh, as the guy. The story that came out on initially on AP was just that they benched Matt Ryan. I'm glad you told me that it was a separated shoulder because uh, I thought. Performance alone would be a reason enough to to go to Sam Ellinger, frankly. That has not been good. Agreed. Agreed. Performance alone was probably not, you know. I'm just saying, yeah, I saw uh, Rappaport and Schefter mentioned there was an injury. Shoulder. Yeah. But uh, I agree. He's been it awful. It could have been on merit, too, and I would have been would not have been stunned. That's the way it works sometimes. People fall uh, off a cliff at the end. It's just, it's nuts. There he is. Ira Chaffel, Warchant.com, joins us now. Hello, Ira. I'm good, Jeff. How you doing? I'm good, brother. Hey, man, I'm really pumped for the next five games. I'm going to ask you right off the top, what's their record over the next five? I'm going to go four and one. Okay. All right, four and one. Is the loss to Syracuse or to Miami or to Florida? 
Honestly, I'd probably say Syracuse. Um, and when I hate to say that because I don't know how good they really are, but like they don't beat themselves. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're going to be going on the road. It's kind of a weird environment. It's after, a week after the Miami game. That's and, a fair. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, so, they're you know they're 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 just a solid team. They have a good defense. They just play solid football. They they have a quarterback that makes good decisions. I think for the most part, and is smart and tough. And so I just think that's going to be a tough game to win. Would you lay the points this weekend with Florida State against Georgia Tech? No way in hell. <laughs> That's a lot of points, Jeff Cameron. It is, but you just watched Georgia Tech. You just saw that Virginia game. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> you were tweeting about it, Ira. You saw how bad that team was. That was awful. That was an embarrassment. I, I honestly wanted to ask Mike Norvell today, like when you guys are in the film room, film room, are you just not even showing anything from that game? Because that was ridiculous. Certainly when Georgia Tech was on offense. I think you need to go back and just show clips from their Duke game and their pit game, but man, that game last week was a disaster. Yeah, they they shocked Pitt at Pitt twenty six twenty one, and then of course they beat Duke in overtime. And of course Duke at a big rivalry game this weekend took out Miami, so <laughs> that was uh, a, a big moment there. But yeah, losing that story, story Duke Miami rivalry when it we were we we're all waiting for the thirty for thirty on that. Well, it's coming, it's coming because things have shifted back in favor of Duke, who've won the last two in Miami. Um, you know, Duke, Duke owns Miami in Miami and like the hundreds of fans that have been there to see it. They know that pain. They know that pain. Um, all right. How much did you recoil upon hearing the news that Florida State will indeed be playing on the road at night against Miami? How frustrated were you upon the news today that that game is now slated to be a night game? <laughs> not, as frustrated, not as frustrated as our buddy Corey Clark who texted right away. In uh, incredulously, um, <laughs> but you know, look, man, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm all for uh, a, a fun night game in South Florida, man. I, I got no problem with it. it. Just means I can spend a little more time in the 305. Yeah, I know. I thought you might say that. The rest of us are like, Jesus, really? What are we doing here? This should have been a 10 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> this should, there's no reason. Um, all right, so as we sit here today, I, I started the show basically noting that I'm very eager, very excited for this five-game stretch because I think good things are going to happen for Florida State here. I think it's going to cement an overall good feeling about the program and where it's at. What are you most interested in and excited about as we embark on this very, very, I think, vital five-game stretch? Yeah, you know, I think there's a couple things. I mean, I, I, defensively, I, I really want to see if anything changes with the, the back end of the secondary. I mean, I just I have a, I cannot imagine that they feel good about the way they've been playing. And I don't know if that's anything they can do personnel-wise, if it's anything they could do scheme-wise to kind of get that going. But you had a bye week, and that group is just underperformed. And so I'm curious to see what – I'll be disappointed if they come out and look very much the same uh, in these next couple weeks. So that's one big thing. And then offensively, I, you know, I'd like to see, again, you know, just kind of them be more, um, I'd say more dependent on the running game, mm-hmm. but more uh, just enforcing themselves a little bit more in the running game. It's one of the things Tom and I talked about last night, Tom brought up last night on the Sunday Smash, that it's just, you know, they can impose their will a little bit, you know, with this running game, and especially now that Jordan is back as a running factor. Yeah. And so, so you'd like to see that, I think. Because, again, it just takes the pressure off of, this passing game has improved a lot, but I don't know if it's as sharp enough where you can just depend on it unless it's being played off of the run a little bit. And I felt like they got kind of out of character a little bit in that. 
I think that is correct. Okay, so far we're boring. We're all in agreement on these things. I'd like to yell at you, but I can't. Uh, all right. Okay, that said, uh, if we're talking about storylines and relative health, I've been asked already a ton in the chat and Twitter and email and everything else about when certain guys are coming back. We do feel – I know we're not allowed to talk too much about these things without getting in trouble with Mike – because of our access to practice, but everything is moving in the right direction for Fabian Lovett. We know that. And then I got a lot of questions about Winston Wright, and I'm asking your opinion. How soon do you think it is until we see him, or do you have any idea? I mean, I, all I can say is that, you know, he has, and Mike Norvell has acknowledged this, you know, after practice, that he's he's been doing more and more uh, in recent weeks. And, and so now, you know, when you think, and again, none of us have the, the timeline of his rehab process, uh, that information, but um, it stands to reason that as you increase the workload, you're getting closer and closer as long as there's no setbacks. And from when we've been out there, we haven't seen any setbacks. So I think it's got to be getting closer and closer. Winston Wright also tweeted last week something about it being soon. Um, you know, it was it was a vague tweet, but but something about being back soon. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I think there's a good chance he might be back here, in this, if not this week, then next week. And uh, you know, we don't know what that means. Like, whose reps does he take away? It's not like wide receiver has been a big problem area other than, you know, they had all the drops against NC State. But um, if he does get back in, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of gets worked in because you also brought back uh, Ja'Kai Douglas recently who also plays that slot position along with uh, Micah Pittman. Do you think Alex Atkins will take the Charlotte job? I would think that would be a smart move for him, but I also don't know that he's their top candidate. I mean, I think it, he makes obvious to be on list because he was a Charlotte. He's only there for one year, um, and you know he's had some success, but he's got one year as an offensive coordinator, and he's not a play caller. Uh, I think that's still pretty early for him to be in the running for a head coaching job, but I mean, I think he's I mean, obviously very talented guy, very smart guy. He's very well regarded. Uh, it seems like that would be a little early for me, and I also don't think that's his best move. If he stays here and this offense continues to really develop over the next year or two, which by Norvell's history says it will, um, then I think he could be in a much better position uh, down the road. Let's hope they're looking more on the defensive side of thing, where Tony Gibson might be the candidate from NC State. He's a D.C., and he's well thought of in this search as well. I've read where South Carolina's D.C., Clayton White, is another guy. Uh, but Alex is really liked there because they were very successful, and while he was on staff as the O.C. and offensive line coach, he led them to their first bowl appearance. So I, I worry about it. just wonder where your head was at with that one. But uh, let's hope he decides to stick around. Always good, brother. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, man. See you. Yep, take care. Yeah, for those that don't know, a lot of different articles in the world of college football that uh, delve into coaching connections and what universities are looking for and guys that are on various teams' radars, which teams are making moves in the offseason. This is one that was made in-season, which is kind of rare, although less and less so. And Alex Atkins' name is in several articles that I read today, one of them being in The Athletic, talking about him being a strong candidate, along with some of the other guys that I mentioned. Uh, Louisville's OC has been mentioned. Josh Gaddis, Miami's OC, which I don't know how he'd get the job, but he's been mentioned. Um, Gene Chizik could be brought back. He's uh, North Carolina's defense coordinator. That would be a nightmare, I would think, um, given that North Carolina's defense is terrible. The rough day for the athletic, though, when they posted that article yesterday, the photo that they used was not Gaddis; it was Mike Hart from Michigan, yes. who wasn't mentioned at all in this particular coaching search because they thought he was Gaddis, which tells me they still think that Gaddis is at Michigan. 
So <laughs> I, I don't know how much I tr- either the editorial staff or whoever put together the uh, the list. Well, I I think uh, I think certainly. I mean, they threw a lot of names at it. I read it this morning. They had Skip Holtz in there. They had uh, Jerry Mack, the running backs coach at Tennessee. I mean, they threw a lot it, of names at this thing. It just feels like if if Atkins was to stick around here for another season or two, and they keep going the way they're trending. Because the reinforcements are on the way with this offensive line, something we talked about a lot last week, and how is this a spot for Julian Armella to get some time yeah. with the ones yeah. on field in a game? You combine him, who is, he's a different cat as a freshman, but with some of these other guys, let's say you hit on two other offensive linemen that you brought in this year in the recruiting class, and they're reliable pieces to the puzzle. Okay, now you've got those in addition to some of the holdovers with COVID eligibility. All these guys can return except for Gibbons next year Mm. you keep going down that path a group of five head coaching job is not out of the question yeah it's all it's tough i mean everybody is anxious you'd like the opportunity to become a head coach most of these guys get into the business with the idea of becoming someday a head coach uh they want to put their stamp on a program he's had a lot of success he is extremely well thought of in the coaching community um he is he's an up-and-coming shining star and so you understand why he's a candidate. He recruits exceptionally well. He's a great teacher. And, uh, you know, these days he's an OC. So he's well thought of, and rightfully so. I understand that. Um, I'm with you. If you can be patient and this team is successful, you'll probably get a better uh, opportunity. It's hard to think like this when you're part of a staff, but I wonder if one of the concerns is what if it doesn't work out for Mike here? You know, that's the hard part. I don't part. think the community would blame him for it, though. He's, I mean, it's already been that the offensive line here is yeah, flipped. Yeah. So that, no matter what happens in these final five games, that doesn't go away. And in a way, since you don't call plays, he's kind of insulated against larger issues. Yeah, yeah. If he was the play caller, I think that this could go bad if you, if you want to manage against all, you know, negative possibilities. But, we're, I mean, this is where I, what, what's the number you would, put Florida State at in terms of averaging these final five games where you'd be pleased? 31 points, 33 points? Yeah, it's less about a number and more about an effectiveness and efficiency and and how well they play because a lot of that determines, a lot of that's based on possessions, field position, things like that. So how many many at-bats, as they say? So I'm less inclined to look at a number and more inclined to look at yards per play, look at how efficient the offense runs, the emphasis of the offense, what you're trying to accomplish. The hard part is, you know, yards per play has not been an issue. And, no, and if no. you look at our, well, our efficiency, some efficiencies were a top 10 offense. Well, your yards per play were better than Clemson's. Your yards yeah. per play were better than, you know, NC State for sure. I mean, we saw. And Wake. It was better yeah, than Wake. Yeah, yeah. And you lost all three. That's the this part. Well, that's if, the if situations. That's yeah. the situations is right. Uh, Thomas writes, uh, Tom, we met Nola at the Howlin' Wolf. Hey, I was there. Our conversation got cut short due to a dinner reservation. I never got to thank you for your kind words and insight. I appreciate you guys. You can blame Joel Davis for rushing me. Well, uh, Thomas, thank you so much. I blame Joel Davis for nothing. We also love Joel Davis. <laughs> I don't think we'll say anything negative about Joel Davis. Yeah, that's right. Uh, at any point. Just something about that guy's uh, commitment to uh, the Jeff Cameron Show and War Chant uh, will not allow for us to say negative words about Joel Davis. Amazing. Woo! South Florida Noel, sorry for the Jimbo talk. Is it me, just me, or does it seem like he's trying to get fired? Or at worst, get a ridiculous buyout offer from the boosters? Well, first of all, you're referencing uh, South Florida Noel 1 to something I call kiss-my-ass-on-main-street moments for coaches who have absurd buyouts 
And they get these buyouts because universities are bullied by agents, in particular one agent, who does a very good job of doing it and convincing them that they can't live without this potential client. And or if their client isn't made whole, they won't have access to the roster of other coaches that he currently has for clients. Right? They're all held hostage constantly in a way that it forces their hand to give guys extensions upon extensions upon extensions that they haven't earned. Happens all the time. And if you're a coach, you're loving that life because at some point you can't live up to it. People get tired of you. Things go south, and they fire you with many years left on said contract, and you go sip a Mai Tai on the beach while falling back on $100 million. In the Mai Tai. Yeah. It, man. it ain't your tie. It's my tie. It's a good day when they walk you in there and tell you, have a good day. Because you're walking away, in the case of Jimbo Fisher, with absurd amounts of money because Texas A&M is a cult. And they're frustrated of not having won anything of any significance. They don't matter. They're tired of not mattering. And those poop kickers are out here spending millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars upon millions and millions and millions of dollars for what? They're sub-500. Those what? I can't say what they... I called them poop kickers instead of the other. And that's what... I mean, it's hilarious to watch. He's going to love it. He's going to love it. Lord knows, if we're wondering besides ranches what he's spending his money on, it's food. If you saw this weekend. He's not uh, lacking for uh, the dinner table. So that is where the message board community is gone with the Jimbo conversation is now they're talking about his weight. Yeah. I was on, I was on the the boards. (laughs) I decided to, there are times where I on A&M's board. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the boards have gone. Well, what are they equated to? They're saying clearly he's, uh, he's not happy with himself, nor is he happy with the program. because he's, (laughs) He's stress eating. You know, I'm a stress eater, but Jimbo is really stressed. Apparently. Well, Yeah. At least we're not getting run out of the building. Hey, the opposite is true uh, for Tom Brady, who looks like a 140-pound model on a runway. I don't know what we're doing out here. Eat a damn sandwich, Tom. I'm worried about you. You're gone. <laughs> it's all going to hell in a handbasket. Eat something. Step away from the TB12. Get you get you some food. If only you had a company that you endorse that has free sandwiches for you. If only you could just find one. Oh man! No, the Jimbo thing is, uh, I actually didn't rip him for his weight. Uh, I I I, mean, I just did, but uh, but I did. That's, that's I did, where the boards are I going. I didn't over the weekend. They're not even talking about the the pace of the offense anymore. Now they're just talking about appearance. Well, I at first I was kind of I was I was sympathetic towards him because I'm a fat faced guy. Even when I'm skinny, I got a fat face. There's not you know everybody holds their weight somewhere. I'm a fat faced guy, so even when I'm lean, I'm fat faced. What are you gonna do? So here's the deal. I thought at first maybe it was just that, but then they kind of panned back and I'm like, oh no, no no. In addition to the face, we've got a whole lot of baggage down here. But usually with that, at least in the past here, if he looks like he's closer to death, then that means Whoa. good things are happening. Well, right. No, no, he doesn't look like that. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He doesn't look tired up top like he did back in 12. No, he looks well fed. Oh, well, tired, I'm talking about. No, I'm you just know, saying, exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, there's also so much. He looks good. like he's sleeping well. <laughs> On one of those many ranches. He's yeah, one of the threads was, quote, at least we didn't get run out of the stadium, end quote, WTF. It's it's South Carolina, coach. At least we didn't get run out of the stadium. 
I thought he said it's not like we're getting run out oh, of the stadium. Well, it's different than saying at least we didn't. It is. I don't know the, that it is. It is different. It's not like he's we're getting asked run about out of the, the loss. He's asked about the loss, and, and the way the question was phrased, I think he was like, well, look, it's not like we got run out of the stadium. And then he went on to say something else. They were down 17 to nothing in the first eight minutes of the game, and if you were a Texas A&M fan, say, hosting a Saturday night party with all your friends, well, that's a toughie to be eight minutes in the game. Like, well, you guys have a good one. I guess we're watching Padres and <laughs> Phillies. Which, on Saturday night, was the very best thing on television. It, was, it supplanted all of college football. It was fantastic. Usually I'm not a fan of the one-hour inning. That was a great first inning. <laughs> that was insane. That was a lot of fun. I texted our boy here in the first inning. I was like, well, what do we have here? Yeah, that that is something to watch uh, the look on Jimbo's face. It's weird, too, though, if you look around college football, you know, Texas plays a lot of young players. Texas, not Texas A&M. Uh, they do too, but Texas plays a ton of young players, and their young players are playing really well right now. They're not. They, they don't win close games no, ever. No. But that was a four-hour game, by the way. I know. They don't ever win close games. They that's a, what they, they make a living losing close games. Texas uh, does. So if it's close, they're going to lose. That's what they do. For now, but their young players are playing well. Texas A&M's freshmen. We're not seeing the development that right, one would right. like to see. And at some point, Jimbo, you do have to develop a quarterback. Post-Jameis, you have never developed a quarterback. Yeah, Sean McGuire might be the second best in that time. Post-Jameis, right, yeah. you have never developed a quarterback. And you could argue that Jameis came ready-made. One thing, and and you could argue that. Yes, you Some could. might argue that. Yes. They might say that Jameis already knew the answers to the test, yes. the questions on the test. Uh-huh. The one thing I'd caution folks this weekend, we got the noon kick, which means you will be loose on the streets watching college football around 4 o'clock, maybe a little bit later, maybe a little bit sooner. But it's Ole Miss and A&M. It's a 7 o'clock or 7.30 kickoff mm. this weekend. Don't jump the gun and live wager Ole Miss if Lane starts fast because Ole Miss could not be stopped. Seventeen to three against LSU went up and down the field the first four drives of the game. When they got held to the field goal, LSU came back down and scored. From that point forward, LSU outscored Ole Miss forty-two to three. Twenty-eight to nothing in the second half. Brian Kelly unbuckled. So if it's fourteen to nothing, Ole Miss, just hang on. That that final might be seventeen to three. They're gonna win. But a live wager would have that line around 20 and a half. <laughs> yeah. Don't hammer the lane live wager. Yeah. Somebody may have. Uh, what I would tell you is I'm not sure Texas A&M is equipped to outscore anybody 42 to 3. That's why I'm saying no. It'll be 17 to 3 be the final. They're up 14 to nothing in the first quarter. The final score is 17 to 3. Oh, man. We'll come back, wrap it up momentarily. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, I did it. I did it. I have floated 
Thanks to my hey. friends at Tallulah. Right. I did it. You got your hedgehog on. I did the floating. And uh, I loved it. I had a good time. I was floating about. You know, something that uh, they talked about when you float was that afterwards, like, a lot of athletes do it. And they say the reason they do that is it relieves uh, stress on the joints and gets your body to relax. And a lot of the tension in areas that you may hold tension, say your shoulders or whatever, uh, it will dissipate. And uh, I have to say the stress did indeed melt away. It so, took me a while. I did this. I did the complete. Now, not you don't have to, but I did. In I was, it's, you're you're floating in a pod at Tulula. It's in Railroad Square, the one I'm at. So it closes. You you close it. Yeah, you don't have to, but it would defeat the purpose not to. It's a big pod. You're not going to feel okay. You're good. You got space. It's not like right up on you. And here's the deal: you can make it pitch black in there if you want. You can have ambient music if you like. I didn't. And then you, you can play the moon. Pink no, uh, no, 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 no. I had it on. I pitch black. I wanted total sensory deprivation if I could. And I wanted to just float and be and see if I could turn inward to see if I could just think of nothing. You know, how when you're trying to meditate, they, they tell you that unless you have a mantra, and I don't. Um, what is you, this Eastern you, nonsense you you're fo- talking about? You focus on breathing. You focus on breathing. And so it took me a while to do that because your brain will distract you. to be like, what about this? What about this? Don't you have to do this? What was that sound? Like it has to, like your brain is always doing that, right? At some point, I got to where I could just focus on breathing, and I had actually go 20 or 30 seconds at a time. Now, they're the guys that, you know, transcendental meditation, there are guys that could do this for hours. I, I don't know how, but... Float off the ground. It's, it's, it's insane. But I did get several pockets of which I was able to think of nothing but just focus on breath for 30 seconds, 40 seconds, stuff like that. It was great. Is there anything in there that keeps you in a position where you're floating or is it it's just legit you and water there's nothing just that pops and, up your neck or your back no, or anything nothing, like that it's just you and water now they give you this little floaty neck thing if you want to use it to further keep your uh, ears out if you will or something like that mm-hmm. but they also give you ear plugs so that, that no water gets in your ears yeah uh. which is the right thing and it is fantastic I thoroughly enjoyed it so I want to thank uh, my friends there at uh, Tallulah for allowing me to do that and I would strongly suggest you do it as well. You going back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll go back. When's the next float? Oh, I don't know. I don't like that kind of pressure, Tom. The morning of the Miami game? Uh, (laughs) If I'm not there, uh, I may end up being down there, although that's going to be tough for me because uh, that's the weekend of uh, my oldest son's birthday. So probably not going to. Mr. Homecoming himself. Yeah, he did. He went homecoming. When's the first World Series game, by the way? Friday. Can't even do probables here today. No. We couldn't if we wanted to. They're waiting till Friday? What the hell? They expected the series to go longer than four and five. Well, yeah, the Yankees just let them down like they usually do. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great day. Should be a wonderful week, man. We get to play football again. All right, all right. (laughs) 